0: Hello and welcome to Season 2 of the Pitch Sider Podcast. Coming up throughout the season, we'll be covering all of the latest football transfers, league games and news, as well as this year's World Cups, plus a whole host of new exciting projects. But firstly, today we'll be talking about the Community Shield, the Women's Euros, and also the start of the football season. Joining me this week is Mr Toby Green how are we and you had a good week off
1: yeah it's been good mate nice little week off to recover um it gives me back though how have you been
0: yeah very well um refreshed looking forward to the new season got a few mm. exciting projects on the line as well Um so hopefully it will enhance the experience But should we start off with doing a roundup of the women's Euros? As of recording this, it's about 10 minutes after England have won the Euros for the first time ever. Do you want to take us through the game?
1: Yeah, it was uh, the final at Wembley between England and Germany. Prior to the start of the game, Germany lost their sort of star player pop uh, through injury, which is a bit of a shame for them. It might have been a different game if she had been fit. But regardless, the game ended uh, 2-1 in the end. Uh, Latoon got the first goal, which was a beautiful chip, a uh, nice through ball which uh, she lashed onto and then chipped over the keeper. And then uh, about uh, the 80th minute, uh, Germany equalised, goal scored. Um, and then after that point, it seemed like, um, well, a little bit of fatigue kicked in. So the, the game slowed down a little bit um but then a couple of substitutions were made and that sort of lined up the game a little bit and it wasn't until the 110th minute in uh additional time that kelly scored not exactly a classic of a goal but you know all goals count at at that level um and then england won the the euros which is the first time since 1966 of uh, an english team won uh, a major competition um, so fantastic result for England, um, fantastic result for the nation. I think going into it, we really didn't expect, I mean, we were one of the favorites, but nobody really anticipated us to, to win. Um, so it's yeah, an amazing thing to see. Um, and surely it's gonna bring a lot of exposure to the women's game, which it definitely deserves.
0: Yeah. I mean, it's Germany were favorites going into this competition, uh, to win and they've never lost a final so eight finals they've been in i think and they've won all of them so it's a new feeling for them to be losing which is always a great benefit when it's germany england but condolences to those german players they did put up a good game and a good fight but england's england were the better team majority of the time I, I think there was points where Germany were on top and could have won the game but there were points where England could have won the game as well
1: so hmm. yeah that's true and England scored 22 goals during this competition which is the most out of any team since 2009 when uh, Germany won it last and six of those goals were scored by Beth Mead who who won the, the golden boot so it was a very dominant performance I think we only conceded three goals in total yeah that, well Serena Wiegmann, she basically. Uh, fielded the same team every single game um which you know were certain questions about whether she should have fielded alicia russo uh, instead of ellen white up front but i think you know we won so it, it doesn't really matter at the end of the day and just a shout out to serena week she's won uh the euros back to back now originally with the netherlands um a couple of years ago and now with with england so yeah amazing uh performance by the coach all the players as well
0: might let me know if i'm wrong but i think that broke that's another record as well in the women's game no back-to-back european titles
1: yeah i believe so yeah and i was going to say the there's only been two managers who've won a player and as a coach she wasn't one of them the german manager was so there was a lot of pedigree in that uh, from the coaches um in the final so in that regard it was very like um high quality affair um i really enjoyed the whole competition to be honest it's it's you know i feel like there's sort of a not a stigma around women's football but a lot of people don't really see it as the, like the same level of quality as as the men's side but you know what we saw was uh, an amazing display of unity and um ability and we saw some fantastic goals namely russo's back hill um goal uh, in the semi-finals that was a beautiful goal um yeah so yeah really enjoyed it um, yeah I i'm looking ent- forward to seeing them in the future
0: a lot Obviously. of the games that i've seen i enjoyed and especially all England games they are high quality um i do give that there was a couple of games that probably lacked a little bit of quality but that's you get that in all football you mm-hmm. there is certain games and certain teams that won't have the quality that like in England or Germany or America will have so it'd be it's you're gonna get these games and tournaments and but it's for for the final it's record number of people attendance. I think Wembley was fully booked, and mm-hmm. they haven't released t v numbers yet, but they broke the set- the semi final broke the record anyway, so I'm presuming the final would have smashed that record as well, so yeah. It was it's about great 9 million, I think,
1: in the semis, so I'm sure it'll be more than 9 million uh, for the final.
0: Yeah, it's great to see. And it um, be interesting to see where the Women's Super League goes as well, because a lot more people will have a lot more interest in. And I think there was a survey done a couple of weeks ago, and it was that a lot of english fans didn't know any england players two years ago couldn't even couldn't name you a England women's football team football player mm. and now and they can at least name two three so it's it's great for these football players and yeah it'd be interesting especially see if it can live up to the men's game as well
1: yeah absolutely and i think with the, the women's game um in particular it's like a continuing evol- evolving um, thing, I guess, the sport, you know, 10 years ago, it was a massively different affair where, you know, players, you know, weren't sort of given the same level of treatment and, you know, accommodation or whether it be travel and uh, sort of the men's side. But nowadays, um, there's a lot more funding, there's a lot more interest from the public. So the only way you can go is sort of upwards. So it's very exciting to see how it will progress in the future.
0: Be looking, yeah, I'd like to see where this goes and who's actually going to get the TV rights to the Women's Super League. And I mean, I saw today as a Chelsea fan, Chelsea's first game, I think it's against West Ham in the Super League, is going to be played at Stamford Bridge for their first game. Oh, So So that's great for them to be able to use these big stadiums.
1: Mm, no, definitely. We'll see if they can sell it out. Um, and also in terms of United, you know, they're my team. Um, they've only existed for about five years or so. So it's good to see uh, about three or so players in the starting eleven for the, for the English side. You know, Rousseau, um had a great game. Toon was the scorer in this one. And, and Mary Ups, who had a fantastic tournament in goal for, for England.
0: It's great to see that the big clubs like Chelsea, City, United... are are pumping money into the women's game so it's only going to increase in quality and do a lot better than when there's no money put into it so fingers crossed it will carry on as it is absolutely should we go to the community shield
1: yeah let's do it
0: so this is played between the, if you don't know, this is played between the FA Cup winner and the winner of the league. So as of last season, this is Liverpool versus Man City, or as the papers have coined it, Nunes versus Haaland. <laughs> but yeah, it was a great game. Um, ended 3-1. Um, Haaland's Unfortunately did not do as well as many people expected. Um but Nunes scored with a diving header in the ninety third minute or something to yeah. make sure Liverpool win and he won the penalty for them to go two one up as well. From watching the game he looked he looked very sharp and I think he put a lot of doubters. I know it's one game, but he put a lot of doubters more on Haaland maybe, how well he's gonna do in the Prem.
1: Yeah, perhaps. I don't know. I, I feel like they, obviously, Darwin Nunes did score, but they both had their chances. Holland had quite a few decent chances. He hit the crossbar, and was definitely, what uh, should have been an easy tap-in, um, and he had another uh, opportunity uh, earlier on in the game. Uh, you know, a lot of people think that the Community Shield is sort of a, or should be classed as an extension of preseason. season It's, you know, it hasn't really got the prestige that maybe it once had. If it really had much prestige, but um, you know, for the the fans of the club participating, it's always nice to to win, um, and it's usually you get to see teams field strong um, a strong eleven um, opposed to maybe another, you know preseason games where they might you know vary up a little bit. But yeah, generally it, it was a good game. Uh, Liverpool did come up um, on top. Um, I feel like City need to adjust a little bit to having Haaland up front. Um, maybe they didn't. you really used his abilities to, you know, the, the best they could have done. But in the same regard, he, he definitely could have done a bit better. But, you know, still early days. Um, I'm sure he will be a success. You know, we've seen it at Dortmund. Um, and for Salzburg, he's a phenomenal striker. Diaz looks good as well, to be honest. He's got a nice header. She said a diving header, uh, which came in. The only thing was, yeah. Maybe maybe the fact that Liverpool weren't starting their main keeper might have been the difference maker leading up to it, but didn't really make too much of a difference, to be honest. Uh Alexander Arnold scored a nice goal as well, to be fair. Um so I'm sure I'm sure Liverpool would want to sort of kick on from last season. They won some uh, competitions, but not really the main ones that they wanted to win. So yeah, it'll be interesting to see if they can actually achieve their goals this season.
0: Yeah, it's good. It's a good showcase, this community shield for, especially these two teams, it's good to show what quality they have got. And some of these players weren't maybe in the starting, especially if City's defence, they did play Ake, um, and yeah, they were missing the, maybe one or two players. But both teams looked really sharp, really good. Um, it's good to going on to give them like 90 minutes in the legs a lot of these players probably haven't played 90 minutes Uh, I did think the game died off a little bit once it got into like the 65th minute but Liverpool were again dominant to come on and go and win the game
1: yeah we should also make a mention to Julian Alvarez who you know was the, the one the kids signed from uh, River Plate by Man City for an uh, extremely reasonable price, I think around 18 million euros uh, he scored in the, in this game. He looks like a really good player. He can play anywhere sort of along the front, front three. Yeah, fantastic signing. Uh, you know, his price now is probably like skyrocketed to about 50 or 60 million euros or something ridiculous. So, yeah, a fantastic signing by the club. And it'll be interesting to see how well they implement him throughout the season, whether I'm sure we'll get a lot of game time, but, you know, how much he will get uh, maybe – how he'll play alongside Haaland if they do play together, that would be an interesting dynamic
0: to, to watch out for. Again, this is all for charity, so it's always good to have this game. And it's good for the fans to... I mean, this was in the King Power Stadium as well, wasn't it, Wembley, because of the Euros. But, yeah, it was good to see it sell out fans and just gets the fans excited for next week, um, more so than a pre-season friendly
1: yeah, that is true. I mean, yeah, you, you always have to take this sort of pre-season period of a pinch of salt, the results that you get. Um, although if your team does win like 4-0, then you're obviously going to say this it's, it's going to be a successful season or, or more inclined to say that. But yeah, um, yeah, does make you more excited for the season. Only one week away to the, the Premier League starts uh, and all the other major leagues as well. So yeah,
0: very excited. Definitely be something we would cover on this podcast and something that... It's definitely going to be. I'm looking forward to um, Chelsea's first game against Everton. So, should fingers crossed, should be a fairly comfortable win. But mm. you never know. We did lose against Everton last end of last season. So, see what Frank Lampard's got in store for us.
1: Who knows? Who
0: knows? Uh, yeah, it'll be interesting. For sure. And let's move on. The So, as we've mentioned, the Premier League starts next season, but for other competitions, for example, the Championship and League One and Two, they've already played their first games and company has got his first victory as well, which for Burnley is a great result.
1: Mm, definitely yes first time Burnley have been back in the championship since about 2016 uh and a new manager as well the first non-british or irish manager in charge of the club um definitely they want to take the club in a different direction with sort of the the signings that they're making perhaps going for a more youthful youthful approach but yeah they, they played Huddersfield away at, um, at, at Huddersfield uh, and they they came away with a 1-0 victory it was actually Ian Mattson the Chelsea loney left back who, who had a fantastic game, bombing up down the left flank, uh, who scored the, scored the goal. Um, but yeah, generally it was a great game for Burnley. Um, I think for most of the game they dominated the possession, and I think like sometimes that transition from the Premier League to the Championship might be difficult for these kinds of teams because you're going from a team where or going from a system where you're playing not exactly possession base you're you're sort of going maybe for route one or or clearing it as soon as possible um to sort of a more possessive based system so that sometimes can take a little bit of um, time to develop the new system but uh it looks like they've adjusted quite well burnley um, and i think they'll be definitely favorites to to make the bounce back up into the premier league but with all all clubs and the championship they do have a chance um it's one of the most so unpredictable leagues there is. <clears throat> and if it could happen, the championship it's incredibly physical. Um It's not always based on technical ability, if you like. So, it'd be definitely one to watch out for.
0: Yeah, and the team that doesn't fit, that um, hasn't adapted, could you say, already yet, is um Norwich. They lost 1-0 to Cardiff. Not the greatest bounce back to them, but it's still early days, so they could start to... Puki could start to start scoring again and uh, they could yep. go back to winning.
1: Yeah, well, they still got a lot of their sort of Premier League ins that they bought. You know, Rashika is still there, that he signed from Werder Bremen. Josh Sargent is there, even though I think Josh Sargent is one of the worst players ever. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, oh, they're obviously quite reliant on Puki when they go down to the Championship, even in the Premier League, to be fair, to, to bang in the goals. So... It'll be, yeah, I don't know. It's not always the best formula to be to have the onus on one player to score um, all the time. So if they can sort of spread out the goals throughout the season, then it'll be beneficial for the club. Um, I would say they do have a nice kit this year, Norwich, so I
0: don't know if that helps them or not. Probably not. Definitely. <laughs> yeah. um, Swansea got a one all draw against Rotherham United. Standard um, fixture result
1: yeah i don't think they deserve a winner uh i i, I struggle to see swanson getting promoted maybe they'll get I, I can't even see them getting playoffs to be honest they've they haven't really spent a lot they've they sold um flint down to to west ham for about 11 million but <clears throat> well they replaced him with with uh joe allen although he's like a an academy product he's he's 32 years old he's not really one for the future one with high potential so yeah, with their ownership structure at the moment, they're not really in a position to uh, go out to buy players who will hopefully bring them to the top of the, the league. Uh, they do have good players at the moment. You know, Joel Pirro had a fantastic season last year. They signed they signed him for one million pounds uh, from PSV. I think he scored about seventeen league goals last season. Also, also Jamie Patterson renewed his contract. Um, he had a fantastic year last year and sort of threatened to leave the club um because he didn't want to stay but i don't know something happened along the lines though he's renewed now but yeah it would be interesting to to see how they do progress under under martin one of the one a good it's a good league to watch out for the championship um because anything can happen literally
0: one of the new boys in the league sunderland got their first draw so looks like they're not off to a shaky start coming up from league one and could this be the rise of them back to the Premier League?
1: No, I highly doubt
0: it.
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, any language in League Two for as long as they did. Uh, League One, rather, for as long as they did. The time it takes to sort of build the, the Premier League level quality of players um, throughout your squad is, or at least upper championship level quality of the players, is, it, it takes a lot longer. So if they can stay in the championship and, you know, solidify themselves there this season, then, yeah, I'm sure they would be happy with that
0: and um just mentioning league 1 2 um probably a game it's probably good to go and watch the highlights of is um Sheffield Wednesday versus Portsmouth ended 3 all in the end with a red card in the 93rd minutes so i mean Portsmouth were looking to game promotion this season to league what league uh, championship sorry from league 1 and yeah they seem to be scoring, which I think they were lacking a striker in options. And I mean, they scored a couple of goals, so see if they can push on and have a good season.
1: Yeah. Well, same story for Sheffield, I guess they got um, relegated last year from the championship, so they will be, you know, trying to get promoted again. Um, yeah, it'd be interesting to watch them, but also Barnsley, I think they lost, they were relegated last season. Uh, I know they had to sell a lot of their players, um, so that probably didn't help them. And Derby as well. They they started off with a win uh, after having a quite a horrible season last season, you know, getting docked 21 points or so, and um, basically having no chance of survival. But they, the, the players they brought in, Derby, have been actually quite good quality, um, probably like mid-level championship um, quality players. They've got Corey Smith, came in from Swansea. Hurrihan, who played also for, for Swansea for a little bit on loan from, uh, I think, Aston Villa. Uh, Mendes Lang, who played for Cardiff. Uh, McGordrick, who played for Sheffield went uh, Sheffield United. Uh, Collins, who played for Cardiff. Um, yeah, they definitely got some good quality players. So I imagine they'll bounce back pretty quickly um, into the championship. And they do have funding now from their new owner. So it'll be good to see them back.
0: It's good to see that they're on the road to survival now. And um yeah, and what Rooney did at the club is not going to go to waste. It's not going to, because he did, he did, I mean, they did get relegated under him, but he did a success, he did really well at that club, so. Yeah, he did the best that he could. And he, yeah. yeah, he almost defied the odds. Should we move on to some of our prem predictions on, and also some predictions across Europe. Sure. Uh, should we go through our prem predictions and see at the end of the season, how close we were? Sure. Well, I only have top
1: five done at the moment, um, and relegation, but if you want to go for more, I'm willing to hear your, your I've, yeah,
0: I've done, I've done four, but yes, yes. Start with, um, with relegation, um, Let's make it a little bit interesting first. Who are you gonna go for? So you start with position twenty in the league. So okay. I've gone with I've gone with Bournemouth. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've gone with Bournemouth as well. <laughs> they they haven't really signed anybody of interest, I think, mainly at championship level. Um not necessarily that's a bad because you know, if they can make the jump to Premier League and the, it can be turned into like an astute transfer. But yeah, I think generally they might be a bit yeah, being a bit of difficulty. Uh, be a lot of onus on Solanke scoring. He hasn't had the best Premier League record of, of scoring goals. He did well in the Championship, becoming the second you know highest top scorer. Uh, and maybe in another year he would have won it if Mitrovic didn't have his phenomenal year. But yeah, generally I think they'll they'll struggle this year.
0: Yeah, yeah, I think they were gonna. I I just think their team is a Championship team, and they're gonna come up against Premier League opposition. They might get a couple of wins, but. When Scott Parker was in the league before, he didn't seem to do that well. He's got a bit more experience behind him now, but I don't see him doing much different than he did at Fulham. So, yeah, I don't think they're going to be... I think they're going to be the new, not, new not Norwich. The new Norwich, yeah, I can see that, yeah. <laughs> who've, you, who've you got in 19th? I think I can take a guess, but... i put Fulham okay that's not who i um guessed who did Who did you expect i put everton okay i don't i just if um with everton i just don't see them doing they haven't signed the players they've lost richarlison they haven't really signed a replacement for him i don't think calvert lewin will be able to cover what he's lost. I don't think they're going to have the goals. Yeah, they signed a couple of defenders, but the players the players they signed are from Burnley that went down. So I don't see how with a team that almost went down they're going to do much better.
1: Yeah, well I, I will, spoilers. I did put burn uh, Everton um uh, next in the relegation zone. Uh I do agree with you that I think they will struggle. I think the signing of Dwight McNeil is a very good signing to be fair he wasn't prolific he didn't score a lot of goals he was sort of a very very traditional left winger um or left-footed wing i should say he could play on the right and left but he is the player that would be able to service calvert lewin ideally apart from that i think he would be a little bit limited he did score two goals on his debut in pre-season um dwight mcnell for everton so maybe that's a, a sign of what's to come but generally i feel like they're they've got one of the worst managers in the league i won't sugarcoat it i don't i don't rate lampard and especially in the positional trouble he's got you know at, at chelsea had a lot of youth players coming through and uh, at, at even uh, at derby he had a lot of chelsea young players um which basically pushed the level of his his team up um and i, I just think like he's going to struggle big time um they did lose to cincinnati in preseason 4-0 <laughs> so a bit of a shock result I think the the two signings from Burnley are decent, particularly Tarkovsky on a free. It makes sense. Their defense wasn't the best, and although Burnley got relegated, he was pretty solid for them whilst they were in the league. Um, maybe not in the last year as much, but that generally was the whole team. Um, but yeah, it'd be interesting to see how well they do this year, at Everton.
0: Yeah, yeah, and they still they still need at least four or five signings to maybe change my mind on them but I don't, hmm. I I mean, they're, I know they're in talks with certain players. Idrissa
1: um, Gay from PSG, who yeah. used to play for Everton, so he might return.
0: I think they're in contact, I think they're trying to get three players from Chelsea as well, two on loan and by Ross Barkley, but I don't think they're going to do much, even though hmm. as a Chelsea fan, there probably going to be a few Chelsea youths, especially Billy Gilmore, but. I don't think he's gonna. They're not going to save him from relegation.
1: Yeah, well, look at Billy Gilmore at Norwich. What did he do? Nothing. He, they dropped him after ten games. I think so that was to... more the manager.
0: I think, I think he's got a good talent, Billy Gilmore, but I don't think he was in he wasn't in the right mental mind space. There, the fans didn't like him. As soon as the manager left, he the new manager didn't really rate him, and I don't think he was in the right situation there
1: i think he needs to drop down to championship and get some good game time um if it doesn't work out uh, wherever he's going to go next but i don't know yeah i don't think he's top premier League quality
0: yes talk about fulham because you've had fulham in this position as well where did you put them i've put them 17th so just stay up
1: yeah i feel like with fulham yes they brought in a very well I wouldn't say a very good player, but they brought in Pelinha, um, from uh, Lisbon, who's a, a defensive midfielder. He's very, he was very um, chased after a few years ago, but recently less so. Um, but I still think he'll bring a lot of quality to to the side. Um, but they've still got a very championship level defence. Yes, they brought in Kevin Mbabu, um, the full-back from Wolfsburg, but even his sort of, uh, reputation has gone down a little bit. A couple of years ago he was worth maybe like twenty odd million. Um now like they bought him only for about five. They got Andres Pereira as well from Man United, who earlier in the year was loaned out to Flamengo. Uh and Mana Solomon, who actually I'm very interested in about this player. He looks like I watched him for quite a few times playing for Israel and for Shakhtar. He's quite a good player, um good at dribbling. But um I don't know if he can make the the jump up to the the Premier League. But the the main thing is that the the defence is still championship level. Um, Tim Ream, the American dream, is not going to keep them up. That's for sure. Um, So, yeah, I'm pretty sure they'll struggle.
0: Um, So, we've obviously talked about your 18th position, Everton. So, you reckon Fulham, Bournemouth and Everton will go down?
1: Yeah, I think so.
0: I had in 18th Leeds. Oh, really? Yeah, I I just, I think with them, I don't know where you would place them in the Prem, but I feel like with them, they're going to be, they've signed these, they signed half decent players from, but they're trying to replace Phillips and they're trying to replace Rafinha and I don't think the players they've brought in, I don't know too much about the players they've brought in so I don't know their quality too much and I know a lot of them have worked under Jesse Marsh Mm. but they've worked in different leagues and I just don't see them really doing that great I I think it'll be a close battle between Fulham and Leeds but I think eventually Leeds will probably just drift off a little bit I reckon Fulham might have a couple more signings in them and I think that would just save them.
1: The thing is, though, with Leeds, I feel like their signings that they have made have been quite astute. Uh, Luis Cincestera, um, the Colombian winger from Feyenoord, had a fantastic season with, with the club. They got to the, uh, if I get it right, was it the Europa League conference final? uh one of the finals maybe it was a europa league final i keep getting confused by them now um <laughs> but he had a fantastic season in the netherlands um and as you said Marsh is bringing in a lot of players that he's familiar with from either Le- uh, leipzig or salzburg um all that sort of um, academy setup um so in that sense it it, it should should work in theory um sort of the players adapt into the league they also got mark rocky in from from, uh, by Munich and um, the defensive midfielder who had a pretty rotten time at Munich cause he was like third choice defensive midfielder. But, um, when he was in Spain, of Espanyol. He was a quite solid option, uh, solid player. If they can get them sort of settled and, and I wouldn't even say adapted to Marsha style because most of them have already adapted or, or familiar with it, um, then they should be fine. Yes, they did lose two maybe the best players um in the lower half of the league last season. Um but they got a lot of money from that and maybe they'll make a few more signings by the end of the window. So yeah, I, I think they'll just survive. Um yeah, just survive. Although I don't I don't know how much I rate Jesse Marsh as a manager. His I feel like he's his principles are good, his philosophy is good, but maybe the application of, of these things is not, not quite there yet.
0: So in sixteenth I have Southampton, Uh, fifteenth I have Aston Villa. (laughs) Just wait, what? uh, Fourteenth I have Wolves, thirteenth I have Forest, twelfth I have Brighton, eleventh I have Brentford, and tenth I have Palace.
1: Did you put Southampton in there?
0: Yeah, sixteenth. Okay. Why do you put Villa so low? I just think with Villa they they've made decent signings, but I don't. I think they're gonna. I think Gerard's gonna struggle. I, I think Gerard's similar to Lampard. I don't think he's quite ready yet for the Premier League. From what I've seen of him, I don't. I don't highly rate him. I don't think he. I think he needs a bit more experience, but again, I could be wrong. Um, and Coutinho mm. could save him, um, but yeah, I reckon they get a couple of injuries there. I don't think they'll that great.
1: I, I, I sort of agree with you in that he needs experience and he's not quite, you know, the finished article yet. But I do think he's further along the line perhaps than, I don't know. It's hard to say if he's further along the line than Lampard. But I, the signings that they have brought in, Diego Carlos from Sevilla, phenomenal signing. Quite cheap actually for, for what he was touted to go for a few years ago. I think that's the theme with a lot of these lower sort of level teams sort of, um, picking up players who sort of maybe slightly going down in um, reputation or whatever you want to call it. But I think the, their sort of basis of their team is very, very good. And I think it's top 10 quality. It is a question of whether Gerard can get the, the best out of the team though. So yeah, they ask question marks about that. I do think they'll finish a bit higher though, maybe around 11th or 12th, even higher to be honest. But yeah, I'm not too sure. Anyway, do you wanna yep. continue with your list?
0: Yes. Um I think you're gonna have something to say about this as well, but <laughs> so ninth I have Leicester, eighth I have United, um, and then seventh I have Newcastle, sixth I have West Ham.
1: why do you have Newcastle above United?
0: I just I think I think United are missing something in midfield that you haven't signed yet, and I think you're just going to fall further than where you are. I think it's going to take time for Eric to have an effect on the club. I mean, you've had a great pre-season, but pre-season doesn't really mean too much. And it'd be interesting to see how well you start the season. And I think the big question marks is around Ronaldo. I think. Who do you start as your centre forward? Do you favour Martial or do you favour Ronaldo? Uh,
1: Ronaldo, of course. Uh, but you do raise a good few points in the midfield aspect. We we desperately need a defensive midfielder. Um, although I think the, the signing of Ericsson is is quite astute um, to in regards to what you can bring to the team uh, on a on a free transfer. Uh, yeah, and I think. He, you know, there's a lot of hoo ha about whether we get De Jong in, but I don't know. I don't know if he is capable of being the single pivot, being the single defensive midfielder. Um, <clears throat> I would like to see him, you know, played alongside someone who's, or or, or just sign someone who's more defensive minded. Um, although those players are quite rare to find. Calvin Phillips would have been a fantastic option. Um, and also up front, yeah, I, I don't see our selling Martial just due to the lack of strikers we have at the moment. Um, And I see Rashid Moore being as a winger this year. I do feel like Ronaldo can contribute. He did get, I can't remember how many goals it was, but it was over, it was over like 15 goals in the Premier League. Um, He's he's got qualities, just depends if how we set up around it. I'm not into the sort of um, mindset that if we play him a whole sort of structure and the how we play is sort of destroyed just because we want to play this this guy up front we've played with zlatan up front before and we we've done well and he was 30 like 37 or 38 years old um so it's it's not really about that sort of age or or ability because he's, he's they've still got it to be fair uh, i i think
0: i think yeah. with ronaldo i think one of the main points is does he want to be at the club if he wants to be at the club and play, then that's fine. And I think he will do well. He'll probably get you about twenty points just him. But it's whether the rest of the squad, if if he doesn't want to be there and he's been forced to play, he's going to have that negative impact on that squad. It happens look at Chelsea, Luke Harkley didn't really want to be there and we started falling off once his interview with Sky Italia came out and he had those mm. arguments with Tuchel. It kind of like he was sitting on the bench. He didn't want to be there. He was negative atmosphere and he just create. It's in the Premier League. Those little things kind of affect the squad. And I think at your current squad, he wants to leave. Players know he wants to leave. It's not, it's not like it's a big secret that he wants to leave. He's been rumored this week to be talking to Sporting Lisbon to try and get a move there and obviously Chelsea is still in that equation even though we've said we don't want him but yeah I I think he's still looking for a route to go to the Champions League and I don't know I think you might do better without him
1: if we do get rid of him we'd have to replace or bring in a a striker I do think with Ronaldo though he's opposed to Lukaku he is an out and out professional for the most part if it, it comes to the start of the season he's he's still at the club He will give us all, I believe. I believe that fully. And maybe, you know, maybe January he can go or whatever. But at this point in time, if nobody wants to pay um, the transfer fee for him, then he won't leave essentially. Uh, And Lisbon certainly won't do that. And Lisbon can't even pay his wages or or even half of what he's getting paid now. So if he doesn't want to sort of, if money's not like the the main issue, then I'm sure the club would just, you know, figure out some way to sort of sever his contract and get like a five million pound fee or whatever and then he can leave but sort of as it stands and i I can't see him leaving to be honest and i think the premier league alone will be enough of incentive for him to to sort of stay dedicated and and work hard and i don't think that'd be an issue for him um yes you know if it was a longer contract then maybe he want to push a bit more you know he was sort of feeding out um to other clubs or not him directly but his agent was and stuff like that but not many people or not many clubs rather have the capabilities to sign him on his wages or pay the transfer fee or even want to have a 38 year old or 37 year old up front um for them in the season ideally maybe you know lisbon will be a sort of swan song for him to sort of go out but is he ready for that i don't know 'Cause they definitely okay. won't be challenging for in the Champions League. I can't see them going that far. Um and I, I think the Chelsea room is pretty dead and buried, so there's not too many options for him at the moment. Um so it's sort of a case of sort of accepting the circumstances and sort of doing the best he can for at least half a season till January, or just, you know, finding a solution for the immediate future and then the club can just move on and, you know, find a find a replacement.
0: Tree do you wanna give me your fifth, fourth, and third positions? Okay, in that order? Yeah, so okay. fifth, fourth, and then third.
1: I've gone 4 I'm changing it right now, actually. Um
0: Is that uh, just despite spite Chelsea? Just because I put United <laughs> lower. Uh
1: okay, I've gone for I've gone for United? Chelsea? Spurs, Liverpool, City.
0: Okay. Um I, I went for Arsenal, Spurs, Chelsea, Liverpool, City.
1: Yeah, I, that's not a bad one. To be fair, <laughs> I think we both agree that Spurs have a fantastic season, and yeah. Conte is, you know, the right manager in charge to sort of make the leap in the second season with the the club. Um, Arsenal have had a good preseason. They brought in some interesting players. Jesus has a, had a good preseason, and I think. I feel like he will um, score quite a few goals in the league. But there's always question marks about Arsenal, about whether, as a collective, they're able to sort of make the push on. Maybe some question marks about Arteta as well, I'm not too sure. But yeah, I, I feel like, generally, the if you go squad by squad, like player by player, United have a better, better players than Arsenal do. Um, better manager? Who knows? It's still early days. I think we'll have to wait and see on that one. But players, we're United, I think, with the better one. And the only reason that I've put Chelsea behind Spurs is because even with them, there's a bit of question marks. So they've got to sort out the defence. How's the attacks going to sort of line up? Obviously, it'll be a bit more fluid now that Lukaku's gone. But yeah, will we get the best out of Sterling? I know he scored in pre-season and all that, but will he? Will we see the best out of him? He normally plays better and sort of with a, a, a main target figure. Who knows?
0: I don't. I with Chelsea. Um. Yeah, I think there was a lot of question marks over, especially that four nil defeat against Arsenal in pre season. There was a lot of question mm. marks about the squads, and that. But I mean, watching them, I know it was using Aze, um, in the Italian League, yeah, in Italy. But I mean, we looked like we were actually coming together. We played a front three of Havertz, Mount, and Sterling the only thing that lacks for me is the final final like scoring it in the goal i mean sterling's goal was pretty much a fluke goal it came off his knee um but mount mount will always be one of these players that will provide um hudson adoy provided an assist for the third goal um for he won't be a starter, though, will he? But he won't. No, he won't be a starter. But he did. He was playing at wing back. and he was going forward. And what I saw of him, he looked quite good. Um, Koulibaly looks good. He was quite a dominant, dom- dominant figure. But it's it's going to be interesting to see how Chelsea line up. If we line up with a back five, I think we'd do slightly better. But we the club need to adapt to back four. I think that's one way. Tuchel wants to sort of go down um but it'd be interesting to see how he includes players like Gallagher and Brozier who have almost been confirmed part I mean Gallagher is going to be um Brozier looks like he's going to be part of the squad as well um mm. but we we still need i say we need at least two signings possibly 3
1: oh, centre back is the main one at the moment i believe
0: i think centre back and full back are we need we need those to do well um and then another forward i reckon a lot of people say we need a midfielder, but I don't know about that. I don't think so.
1: I know Chelsea being linked to Denzel Dumfries of Inter Milan, the and the Dutch uh, sort of full back wing back might be a good sign for the club, just depending on how much it costs. Yeah, if you're willing to be back up. Yeah, I guess sort of interesting with Chelsea in, in that regard. They they have made a push. Koulibaly is a very sensible signing, although I think. Maybe his, his contract's a little bit big for his, you know, his age, but, you know, his quality is undeniable. And I feel like it will suit Premier League
0: very um, really well. I think it's more, I think it's the fact, I I think these contracts where, especially with Sterling as well, both of them sign like a four, five and a four-year contract. I think it's like they're going to basically, I think they're signing long contracts just to sort of, because this wasn't a thing Chelsea did under the um, under Abramovich. The player was over 30. They got a one-year contract. Yeah. And I think signing... The player like signing like Koulibaly is quite a big signing for Chelsea. And that was one thing we had issues with, is contracts. Especially with Rudiger and Christensen. So I think it's more to try and get them to sign a long-term contract. Keep them there until they start falling off. And then we'll try and get rid of them once they sort of not needed anymore, but Chelsea don't really have a very good record with trying to get rid of players.
1: Or, or, or on the other hand, keeping keep players who have potential and keep yeah. keeping hold of them, you know, the likes of Mark Guahee and Tamori, who, you know, if they were Chelsea now, would have probably saved them maybe about £100 million pounds in signings. Yeah. Yeah, it's an interesting one. That regard, you, it's hard to plan for the future, but I don't know that. Particularly tomorrow, he, he definitely had a lot of qualities, and I feel like he would he would have done a good job in for Chelsea in the Premier League.
0: I regret us selling him. I I don't uh, I didn't agree if he needed a loan, but I don't think he needed that buy clause, which obviously was going to be activated. But what can we do? It's in the past. Um Yeah, Selvey, and so just just have a quick. Roundup of the other European leagues before we move into a couple of transfer talks. Um, so, across so Spain, do you reckon Real Madrid? Pretty well, have made a
1: lot of sign ins, haven't they? A lot of on paper good sign ins. <clears throat> I, I struggle to see how they will get them all into the same team. I know, obviously, over the season you will mix and match of starting 11, but it's it's a lot of question marks. Uh, yeah, will be between those two, I believe. Um, yeah, I feel like it's safe to say Madrid. So I will say it's Madrid then, Real Madrid.
0: Yeah, I think it's going. To, I think it's going to be a lot closer, um, especially if Lewandowski coming to the league. But it's going to be. I don't think Barca. I think Barca lacks something still. But I yeah. think. I think the question is, can they actually register Rafinha or Lewandowski? <laughs> if they don't sell uh Dion.
1: i believe that they, they they can now um they've activated. i don't know if you heard the levers it's pretty famous at the moment the, the memes they've been selling off basically their future revenue from um tv sales so they do have the capital um <clears throat> it's basically like selling off your kidney and hoping you don't need it in the future but yeah th- they'll be fine in that regard i think i but they still might need to sell De young just to balance the books. They've got this, they don't have FFP in Spain. They have um, basically a salary cap, so they can't pay the total squad over a certain amount of money. So they need to sort of keep it underneath that. And historically, or in more recent times, Barcelona have been giving out crazy uh, contracts of a lot of money. Um, so they sort of need to cut down on that a little bit. Uh, and De young's on a lot of money. So that there's, that's one reason why they want to sort of get rid of him. But yeah, who knows? Who knows? It will t- take a lot of time for the players to gel, regardless for for Barcelona.
0: Yeah, yeah, they brought in a lot of players, and especially like players like George Kounde. Um, that is, I don't think he's officially gone, but he's almost gone. Pinch this one from Chelsea. Yeah, he's pretty much gone. Um, yeah, they look like they're gonna do quite well, and yeah, yeah, it'd be it'd be an interesting league, but I think. There's one league that will top it but I'll get to them in a minute. Um Germany by Munich going to win their 11th title in a row. Yep, whatever it is. Um I mean yeah, the, they've lost Lewandowski which is a big goal threat for them, but I suppose their rivals have also lost Haaland, so
1: Yeah, that's true. And they brought in Mane and uh, Dilit as well. So, yeah, two good signings there. I think they'll be fine.
0: Yeah, yeah, they're... They won it comfortably last couple of seasons, and they probably still will. So, yeah, yeah. Um, especially with um, what happened with Sebastian Haller, which yeah,
1: he's out for a couple of months because several. Yeah, I, I believe it's testicular cancer, or yes. or at least a tube. I don't think they specified of, of what it was, but yeah, very unlucky into for him and, and the club. You know, he just signed after having a fantastic season with Ajax. Um, But yeah, I guess, yeah, wishing him a speedy recovery because that's never a good thing.
0: I reckon one of the most interesting leagues this season is going to be the Italian league because it was quite interesting last season. But I feel like see Inter and Milan have both strengthened, but then also Juventus have got something to prove and this is by them going, they're looking for another striker as well. Um, Roma have strengthened as well with the signing of Dybala and a few other players it's going kind of, to be like a four maybe a five horse race
1: yeah i don't think it's hard to see roma really pushing on for the title i think there are a few players away from that napoli of course are always around that sort of zone uh you know they finished third i think last year they've replaced um Bali with a south korean called kim Mei jin maybe not in that order <laughs> but he's a fantastic he's a fantastic player they go from Fedobacchi and prior to that he was playing for uh but playing in China and before to that in South Korea but he's 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 very um well-regarded um Renz actually had a 20 million pound bid accepted for him but Napoli stole it at the last second so they'll be around the conversation for sure even though they did lose in senior as well um but yeah I think the main thing will be between the two Milan clubs yeah again both are strengthened, but Inter, you know, they brought back the main man who won it for them um, the season before last in Lukaku. So my money is probably on Inter Milan. Uh, but it's always tight in Serie A.
0: Yeah, so, it's, yeah uh, it's always a fun league to watch. Yeah, I think it's, especially recently, especially with these Milan clubs coming back, they it has, because it used to be just, a couple of seasons ago it was just Juventus pretty much yeah. dominating the league and now it's become a bit more competitive which is good for fans and it looks like it's probably going to be building more like people wanting to watch it and more people talking about it so it's always good for the league Um yeah, and I think it's gonna be one that we're gonna cover a lot on this season of the podcast. We we did cover quite a lot of it last season as well. So
1: Yeah, that's true. And also Berlusconi's got a team in in Syria as well now with Monza. So if you're into um you know, ex president dictators who've got too much money, Monza is your team to watch.
0: I think we've covered a lot of the actual like main transfers that have happened. We've talked a couple about rumors. I don't know if there's yeah. any other transfers you want to confirm transfers you want to talk about. Sure. Uh
1: one of the big ones recently is David Raum. Uh the Germany's starting left back has gone to Leipzig for about 25 million pounds. He's a 23, 23 or 20 24 year old left back. He's quite good. Um he play for Hoffenheim. I think in he got like 13 assists last season in the Bundesliga. It's not too bad for a left-back. Um, also, shout out to Forrest, who made t- their 12th signing of the season. They brought in Oriol um, Mangala from Stuttgart, um, sort of a defensive midfielder. They brought their signing total signing expenditure up to around 120 million euros, which is now the most expensive... Um, Uh, how would you say the most expensive team spending that have come up to the Premier League Um, so yeah if they you know had the same result that Fulham did a couple of seasons ago uh, when they spent big um, and went back down it was disastrous for them Um, but the signs they have made have been very astute and look look quite good generally Um, so yeah there's that too uh, I don't think there's many other big ones that we haven't mentioned. Can no, you no, one?
0: no. I think we've. I we the only other one that I had written down was Martinez to United, but I think we've talked about this previously in, our, yeah, in last season. Um, but yeah, it looks like he's probably going to be a decent. So I think. Do you see your no number six? Isn't he? I think your squad yes. numbers were released. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So biggest signing um whether Harry Maguire will now be in your defence be big question
1: oh he will i feel like um i think i mentioned it before but there is a chance that he martinez might play a defensive midfield role he has played there um a little bit before well not more than a little bit so if it does come to that he can he could fill in there uh chelsea have also signed salonia you know he's been chasing after him for a while i think Think uh, was it Bayern Munich also wanted him or Real Madrid? Real Madrid. Uh, he was close. He was close yeah, to Real Madrid yeah. in January. From Chicago, still only eighteen or so years old, but yeah, they're loaning him back for the remainder of the season. So, one to watch, I guess.
0: Yeah, yeah. I think I think he's probably going to be a long-term Kepa replacement. Kepa is rumored to go on loan to Syria, believe maybe Napoli. Napoli, I believe. Yeah. Um. Really uh, yeah, it'd be interesting. I presume we'll probably put in some sort of buying clause or something to try and get rid of him. And yeah, this slanky will probably come in. Um, but yes, yeah, we, I think there's a, a couple of rumors I probably want to mention. Um, probably start with Juventus, their bid for a new striker. So they've been rumored to be linked with um, Maratta. Werner, Firmino, um, just to name a few.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah, I feel like Chelsea have would want to sort of get rid of Werner. So, typically, with Serie A clubs, they they normally go for a loan with an obligation, or not even an obligation, maybe just like an option to buy. So, if they do have that that possibility for Werner, it, it would be a good move for 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 Chelsea and for Juventus because um, he hasn't really worked out in, in the Premier League. Uh, Morata, on the other hand, has you know, done reasonably well at Juventus. He's been there for a few years on and off. Uh, he's not really a prolific scorer, a bit like Werner, I guess. Um, so that would be interesting. And who was the other one, did you say?
0: Uh Firmino from Liverpool, oh, I, Firmino. Think he, I think he squashed that rumour today to say that he wants to stay at the Liverpool and he loves the fans and he loves the city yeah. and he loves the club and the league. And So I think he's probably going to be staying. I think also Jürgen Klopp came out in the week and said he's not for sale as well. So. Yeah,
1: he's, he started at the Community Shield as well. So yeah, not that's really much of a telling, but yeah, I don't see him <laughs> moving. Um, but yeah, one of the other two perhaps.
0: And the only other club that I probably want to mention is Leicester. Um, Don't think they've actually signed someone yet. I think they're the only Premier League club not to sign someone. Um, Mm. But I think they're trying to... I think they have to get rid of someone before they can sell. And the two players that are rumoured to be in contract negotiations, talking, clubs are trying to get them is uh, James madison and then it's wesley Fofana.
1: yeah so with Leicester at the moment they in order to hit ffp they need to sell um and w- with madison there was a 40 million pound bid from newcastle which they rejected they want at least around 50 million um i feel like if they did get 50 million it probably would be a good deal for both for, for leicester to sell he's a, he's a decent player but not really like world class um and probably the level that Newcastle want to aim at before they sort of aim for the world-class players. With Fafana, though, he's got a long contract and I don't think they'll want to sell him for anything less than 50 or 60 million. I think it's close to 70. All that, yeah. So not not cheap. <laughs> um, so I don't think he'll leave. Um, and it's probably harder to replace sort of a, a player of his potential in that position than it is of that of Madison. Um, so yeah, it'd be interesting to see who they do sell because they will and you know generally their squad wasn't bad last season but they've been on a slowly steady decline Uh, I know they won the FA Cup not long ago but in in the league wise um, yeah maybe they need new managers to fresh up the ideas as well it's rumored that Schmeichel is going to leave as well to go to Nice not sure if that's still going to go through uh, in the end but even that would be for much money Bit, bit trouble, troubling times if you're a Leicester fan.
0: We haven't covered a lot of the transfers, we've covered a few. Um, but if you want to keep up to date with or review some of the transfers that have happened, the best place probably to scroll back through or to keep up to date is on our Instagram and our Twitter. And yeah, so next week we will join us for the start of the top flight games and we'll be reviewing that. And um yeah. Hope you've enjoyed this episode and uh look forward to the rest of the season. It's gonna be exciting season. Yeah I'm really excited. Only Um, one week away. Yeah, only one week it's gonna be I reckon there'll probably be a few transfers, so it's going to be a busy week this week, especially to keep up with it all. Um, but yeah, we'll be back next weekend to fill you in with all of it. And um, yeah, keep an eye out for the pit slider. We've got a lot more exciting projects coming up. Um, really excited to be going forward. So yeah, be looking forward to it. Um, yeah. And um, thank you for listening and thank you for joining me, Toby. Thanks,
1: mate. It's been a pleasure.
0: And uh, yeah, check us out on our socials or check out the website, thepitchtider.com. And if you've got any comments you want to give us or any questions to ask us, please email us at thepitchtider at hotmail.com. And yeah, and thank you and goodbye. Thanks for listening.